Llegó la venta en Vuelve la Alegría de JCPenney. Completa tu lista de regalos y ahorra 25% extra con el cupón de esta semana. O ahorra hasta 80% en joyería fina con ofertas Redbow después del cupón. Visita Sephora dentro de JCPenney y encuentra las marcas de belleza y perfumes que les encantan. Y aprovecha y entrega tu auto. Juntos en celebración y paz. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas del 20 al 24 de diciembre. Aplican condiciones y exclusiones. Sephora se excluye de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling and more. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network and hosts Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, and club spotlights. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Joe. All right, welcome back into the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Price Atkinson here. No, the godfather Joe Calabrese, not with us this week, but with us. And I'm going to use esteemed, my esteemed good friend, one of the best riders on the planet. But when it comes to curling, there is nobody, and let me rephrase this, folks, nobody who does curling coverage like Devin Haru does, the pride and joy of right here in Saskatchewan, Devin. Price, thanks for that. And, uh, yeah, it is so good to be home for this curling bond spiel. Uh, of course, we travel across Canada for these bond spills, and, and I try and sink into those communities. Well, this is about an hour from where I grew up. I, I know a lot of these people in sort of this quintessential Saskatchewan way where there's not many degrees of separation here. It's great to be here in what I believe to be the heartland of curling. The heartland, as we are in North Battleford, Saskatchewan, and this is Devin's first time joining us, folks, because we did it last year in Las Vegas at the World Championships when we had an immense amount of fun together. It was a great location. Who did not have fun in Vegas? As you are, let me just let everybody know, if you haven't heard Devin here with us before, CBC Sports, based out of Toronto, but when we say based out of Toronto, that's loose because Devin is wall-to-wall, coast-to-coast here in Canada. On the road, and, and to the point about Las Vegas, my producers and my bosses back in Toronto say, you're going to kind of have to pay for the rest of your life because of that cushy gig, the pool patch and everything. When you cover a curling event in Las Vegas, that's like once in a lifetime. So here we are in North Battleford where it's... Minus, well, hell has frozen over here. It, it literally, and I joked, and I think a lot of people, at least on Twitter, and you can, everybody can follow you, Devin underscore Haru. Follow me certainly at Price Atkinson, but I think a lot of people have, have joked and had a good time, especially the local Canadians making fun of me because my body had never felt minus 20 degrees is what I think it got down to Tuesday night. The coldest the flesh of Robert Price Atkinson has ever felt, Devin. And people thought it was funny because I'm tweeting about just how arctic it is. And here you're out here in a jacket and shorts. Well, my jacket wasn't even done up, Price. And I didn't have a toque on. It is a toque. 
this smell? Lindsey Vaughn. Yeah. Listen to us, Lindsey Vaughn. Devin knows. It is a toque. We, I actually was hit up on this. Of course, we had this conversation the other day. How you spell it is a whole other debate in this country. But it is a toque. You had one on. You were bundled up. I had the jacket open. It was a balmy day. Just another day on the prairies. A balmy day. You see how easy that is for Devin Haroon. Now, listen, we go back to Vegas just real quickly because to take our listeners here, we are in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. We're here at the Grand Slam of Curling's Meridian Canadian Open, but connecting dots a little bit. It wasn't so cushy toward the end of the week, and not to get too serious here out of the gate, but you had some major reporting that really unfolded that you were, I don't want to say chasing, but the, the, the bus crash with the Humboldt hockey team, the kids that were tragically killed, and you were reporting on that from Vegas because you really had to start wearing, I mean, you always wear multiple hats. You were in a unique position, and then, of course, when Worlds ended, you got back here and dove right knee-deep into the story. I mean, and and, uh, it's really poignant of you to bring that up today because I tweeted about the fact that since I've been home, and it's been a, a few weeks back here in Saskatchewan, I've noticed all of the decals, all of the flags, all of the signs, Humboldt strong. This is a community that was built on curling and hockey because on those cold winter nights, what did you do? You came to the local rink. So here we are in North Battleford where the SJHL's North Battleford North Stars play and of course the Humboldt Broncos would travel here to play hockey. So I was thinking about it, Price, earlier today that... uh, this junior hockey experience in this province, it's sort of its sort of like the lifeline of this yeah. province where you have all these local teams, everybody knows them, everybody supports them. And so when that news was unfolding, we were sitting at the media bench in Las Vegas and I was getting reports from people very close to the scene saying just how bad it was. Of course, my heart was with the people of Saskatchewan. I feel a very strong connection with the people and the place here. Yep. Uh, like I said, the, the uh, degrees of separation aren't that big. Yep. And so when that happened, it rocked this community to its core. I have a very close connection to Humboldt. I played in the uh, provincial winter games in Humboldt. I've been yep. to that arena many times. Yep. So it was... It was uh, it was heartbreaking, and it continues to be heartbreaking. Uh, heartbreaking, but I am uh, sort of buoyed by the way everyone rallied around each other yeah. and continue to do so today. And even in the states, I mean, it resonated. Uh, you know, with I, I mean, I just the image of the Stanley Cup playoffs and having the families come to the uh, to the, the Vegas Gold Knights. You know, at, at the arena there in Las Vegas. But you know, I know that some of that came had some closure with the accident this week and sure. and everything. But we'll we'll pivot away from that because sure. of your reporting, Devin. I mean, you have gone. I mean, what a year you had last year. I mean, we were knee-deep, kind of middle way through it. But the kind of year you had going to South Korea, and look, I will tell everybody, listen now, folks, follow Devin on Twitter, at Devin underscore Haru. I'm telling you, he brings you into an event wherever he is, what he is doing, unlike any reporter. And you did that, you've done that throughout your career as a journalist, as a reporter, but you bring fans, you bring... Uh, those that might have lukewarm interest, you bring everybody in. And the way, what you experienced last year in bringing readers and viewers and social mediaites, Twitterites, and, you know, your minions and legions of fans, 
to all your experiences. What was last year like for you, curling-wise? Well, first of all, that's very kind, Price. And and I think what I understood about, about how I wanted to be in the storytelling world early on is that I wanted to take people on the journey with me. I wanted to make it more about the people and less about everything else on the field because everybody goes different places for that. But if you can make somebody feel something, I think you've won the day. And I always aim to make people feel things when I'm reporting. So look, I mean, a year ago right now, I was literally just finishing up the first ever Mixed doubles, Olympic trials in Portage La Prairie, much like North Battleford, and it is just as cold in Manitoba, our neighbors to the east. And, of course, Caitlin Laws and John Morris win the first ever title. What a story that was. So it started on the road. It continued on the road. It took me to South Korea covering John and Caitlin's first ever mixed doubles golden win there. And then, of course, your American fans will love the (laughs) miracle on ice take too. I gotta say, I was reflecting back on the year for a, for a top 10 curling story event sort of piece that I covered. That's awesome. Thank you. And look, I was asked to, to live blog with the New York Times yep. during that game. I think they told me it was the most read story when people were waking up to that news. I know a lot of America was sleeping and woke up to this golden experience. It was really awesome. It was my second best moment. I took some heat from you. uh, You did. We haven't talked about it until now. We haven't talked about it until now. So we're doing this live, people. But, But look. You know the Canadian audience. They would have taken me to task if I would have put Schuster's win over John and Caitlin and the, and the historic mixed doubles totally. win. Totally. I, I give you crap just obviously in jest because <laughs> I know when you're trying to get readers to the story, you're look, not going to go across the border to find number one. I mean, look, between you and I yep. and whoever's listening right now, <laughs> was it the, the number one story last year? I think so. I think it was, and what it meant for American curling, and and what it meant for curling as a whole, because Canada was off the podium. As hard as that was to report for me, knowing the players and the families so well, um, what an extraordinary story and moment for a Canadian journalist whose beat is curling to cover the first ever time Canada doesn't medal in curling at the Olympics. I'll never forget that. And you've you've wit I mean you like everybody you know you obviously here in Canada but as close to the sport as you are how have you observed everything and in, in talking to people and, and from you know afar you were obviously in Vegas post gold medal you're going to be I mean I, I you'll be back again I know sooner than later but you you are so involved in curling what do you observe just the totality, everything with the gold medal. Uh, just in, you know, where is it? What, what, what? Where, how do you put into words now? In terms of American curling, or just where the sport is at? You know, I, I, I did a local CBC Saskatchewan radio hit this yep. morning. They asked me what story I'm paying attention to. I think it's going to be if the rest of the world can continue to stay at the level they're at right now, international curling, and if Canada can take it to a different level. We know the depth of curlers in this country, but they're they're feeling the heat. And the the rest of the world, the Americans, they're all coming. There's a, a huge wave of momentum 
sweeping, pun intended, across the curling world right now. So that's what I find fascinating. The other thing, Price, I have to be frank about. I spend so much time in a curling rink. I know the players so well. I live tweet the heck out of the games. I'm actually this year trying to be intentional about actually watching the games because I think you understand that we're in the rink and we'll catch the big shots, but I'm trying to really, I I know the game well, I can talk around it, but I really this year want to take my coverage to a different level in being so dialed in like the curlers are in paying attention to what's happening on the ice because quite frankly, I think the game has gotten to a level where it is literally millimeters, it is literally tracking rocks, it's a, a sweep away from winning or losing. That's where we're at. I want to be able to reflect that in my coverage. I want to talk about your coverage here when we come back because I want to ask you about a couple specific articles. One just filed today and then one that's, you know, just a couple, I don't want to say even months old, but probably back going back to November. You know, a story about that Mark Kennedy really kind of generated, you know, exporting the Canadian curling knowledge. So I want to talk to you about those and, and some other things about USA Curling as we are here in Canada, Saskatchewan, the Meridian Canadian Open, where we do have one local team playing. We're going to touch on Nina Ross' team here in just a minute, but we'll be right back. we got a guest interview here on the other side. We do not have the segment you can't refuse with Joe Calabrese this week. He will be back with that next week, but Devin Haru from CBC Sports will return with me, Price Atkinson, here in just a moment. Stay tuned. All right, Price Atkinson back here in North Battleford as we are here at the Meridian Canadian Open. we got the semifinals on tap tonight, joined by the great Kevin Martin, again with Sportsnet here, NBC Sports. We get to see you so much on TV right now, Kevin. You're all over the place. Curling is everywhere right now on the tube, and that's a good thing. That's a very good thing, and you're right. It, it, our, our sport is growing at such an incredible rate right now, and uh, yeah, we're uh, we're all over the place. That's the truth. And doing uh, coverage uh, for for uh, different stations, and it's fun. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's really enjoyable. Well, I know we talked to you last month in St. John's, but I want to talk to you again this week uh, on the Extra Action Podcast with the Twelve Men Sports Network. Really about the TV coverage increase because you know, in talking with Jerry the other day, you know, you were just sharing really just what your workload and schedule is like right now. And that there is so much on your plate with games. I mean, your 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 plate is full. It, it is, you know, and it, um, but it, but that's a good thing, yep. you know. Between uh, the amount that NBC covers now, which is incredible, with with the successes of of it, be it Nina Roth or Sinclair, or of course Schuster, and yep. and those teams doing so well, so that increased coverage there. But then there's so much interest going on in in. Uh, and be it Japan, China, and South Korea as well, yep. with the amount of growth there. So it just adds up to a lot of coverage. And, yeah, I'll be somewhere around 130 to 135 uh, games this winter. And, and it used to be more around 78 to 82 games. So that's quite an increase. And uh, But that's just all about how how good curling is right yep. now and how it's growing and, and the excitement of it. Women's semifinals here, we've got the U.S., Scotland, Switzerland, and Canada. Yep. What does that show? That is fantastic, and you know, not many sports can 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 look at a look worldwide and have it so equal yeah. amongst all the nations. I think that's fantastic. And I want to ask you about Nina Roth here in just a minute, but I want to go back to the television stuff because you're talking about your work, the the number of games you're calling, the increase from say what you know previously. 
but how abnormal it is to do it in a year right after the Olympics when typically things are starting to slow a little bit. Right. Well, that was always the, the way it used to be. Okay. <laughs> we got done the Olympic year yeah. and the, the huge amount of exposure our sport gets. And then, you're right, it tails off for a year or two. Not now. Yeah. It's actually still ramping up. There has been no slowdown. And uh, so what will it be like at the next Olympic group? It's hard to say, the next yeah. Olympic Games and, uh, and what will happen with our, our sport. It's really on a roll right now. Uh, television, but also with uh, participation. Sure. Not, not speaking, obviously, for NBC Sports, but from what you hear from people, you know, and so much increase in the U.S. with coverage live. you got some stuff that's taped, obviously, Curling Night in America. Uh, but the stuff that is somewhat the Curling World Cup, uh, I mean, the World Championships will be coming up a little bit later. What kind of response do you hear from people from in the States about how much it is increased and, wow, something is happening? Right, exactly. And that's what I hear is that... Uh, People love to tune in to curling, and, and they only got to, previously, yep. tune in once in a while. Yep. You get to see the game now and again. It's not like that anymore. You can mm-hmm. tune in a lot and really become a true curling fan, right. whereas not a, well, we'll watch two or three games a year on yep. various weeks. No, now you can watch once or twice a month a live event and become a true curling fan and really get to understand the game. Right. It's such a, a chess game that sure. it takes a little bit of time to really understand the uh, the nuances of curling if, if you're a casual viewer. Right. But now to be able to watch it more often, people can really get a, a grasp of what's going on on the ice. Yep. All right, uh, let's let's get to the here and now. The here and now is that we're at the Meridian Canadian Open here in Saskatchewan, North Battleford. Only had one U.S. team. It feels like it was ages ago, not really, that we were in Thunder Bay and we had seven U.S. teams, Tier 1, Tier 2, to be fair. But we only had one here this week, and that's Nina Roth. She's still alive, Kevin. And playing very well. You know, I, I, we were talking about Nina uh, uh, yesterday and because anytime you have a skip who can draw that well, you're never out of it. Kind of like a Glenn Howard who can draw really, really well. You get in trouble, draw the button. Yeah. And there's your point. Hang it up yeah. and, and, and carry on. And that's Nina's that she's got that great touch. And that's what, that's, that's what really helps their team. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a real comfort to the, to the team. You miss a couple of shots, don't worry about it. Yeah. Nina will draw the button. And that's, that's I, in my mind, that's her strength mm-hmm. is that ability. And what it does, it really helps their team. Yeah. Because they feel, okay, it's all right. It's all, all right. right. It's all right. Yeah. And, and if you're not worried about missing, guess what? You don't miss as much. Yep. As soon as you start worrying about missing all the time, you miss. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's the way it goes. And, and you've seen them improve this year, Kevin, because they, they struggled mightily at the Elite Ten. Hadn't really had much ice time back in Madison, but they've gotten progressively better. This is will be their second semifinal this year in the Slams. You know, Jamie broke through last year, but is it kind of you're waiting on another U.S. team to kind of break through here, maybe to make it make a final, not just you know make the playoffs, but really get to the end of the line well i i, I guess you know I, I i just think the teams are getting strong uh, yeah. they're they're there yeah. like, I don't yeah. think, i'm not sure there's um at least not the way i look at it now between yeah. between uh, schuster sinclair and roth uh that there's a like a breakthrough thing needed yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're at that yeah. level they're 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 here. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah, ready yeah. to. Yeah. And you know, will they win? I don't know. Yeah. But they've they've got as good a chance as anybody else that's right. in the playoffs. Um, but these games, when you when you're at a Grand Slam event, one bad miss and you lose the game. Yeah. So um, I don't think you worry so much about the wins and the losses. Getting to these, as you say, the semifinals quite often. 
that's really the goal. And yep. get to the final, and you might lose. It doesn't matter. Yep. But just keep getting there. Keep knocking on that door. You knock enough, that door yep. will open. All right, finally on the men's side, just expectations for tonight. we got the semifinals coming up. I mean, Nicholas Sedin, they're the last guys off the sheet here. They get an extra in win. I mean, like you said, one little miss. I mean, it can cost you. Mowat and them play great, but Nicholas just outlasts. Yeah, just a really good game. Yeah. Two really good teams, yeah. and same thing. You just don't worry about losing those games. In the opening of, uh, of the broadcast for this quarterfinal, uh, of the top eight men's teams in the world, mm-hmm. all eight were on that ice surface. Yeah. Um, Glenn Howard, by getting to the quarters, passed, uh, I believe it was DeCruz, who was, uh, who was they were 8-9, fighting it out, right. and now uh, Glenn has passed, so all eight of the top eight were in that quarterfinals, so you can't hang your head if you lose a yeah. game, because it's the best of the best. Yep. And finally, Kevin, you know, turn of the calendar year, happy new year from us, but is this kind of the time of year, maybe a little extra excitement, because you've got provincial starting, You've got uh, the Scotties around the corner. You've got the Briar. It feels like it's going to be here before we know it. You know, a little extra excitement here in Canada with some of the big provincials and obviously the big nationals. Well, that's well, and 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 of course the Players Championship in that grouping yep, yep. of the big events. And um, in Canada, yeah, uh, the players they play so much. They're really really ready for the Christmas break. Yeah. So they take that two or three weeks completely off and ramp it up. You're right, and they get ready to roll and. There's a lot of curling between now and the middle of May when the, uh, the last uh, World Cup event happens. Yep. Kevin, thanks always for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right, welcome back in. Bryce Atkinson here inside the North Battleford Civic Center standing top row with my good friend Devin Haru, CBC Sports based out of Toronto, but look, folks, as I told you, he's all over. Follow him on Twitter, at Devin underscore Haru, one of the best journalists, and I don't say that because he's standing right next to me, and I put my arm around him if I could, but I'm holding a microphone. He is literally brings curling coverage to a different level, folks. You need to follow if you haven't already, but Devin, as we were talking you know, before the break, I want to get into a couple stories. That One recent and one a couple months back. The one I want to go a couple months back Okay, uh, Mark Kennedy kind of generated some talk, you know, former Olympian, about exporting Canadian curling knowledge and how it should be almost, if you think about it in free trade terms, going the protectionist route to try and say, look, we don't need to be sharing our secrets. Look what's happened at the last Olympics. You know, other countries are catching up. The high performance. Time to stop it, right? Inc let our listeners in to what that kind of conversation generated because it honestly generated a lot of conversation within the country not just in a couple provinces all around you did radio hits everywhere you went it was a hot topic it was it, it built a granite wall around the country <laughs> i mean honestly yeah. Yeah. Uh, there we are in thunder bay i've known mark kennedy for a long time such a great ambassador for the sport and a, and a great representative of Canadian curling. Of course, represented Canada at two Olympics, won the Olympic gold with Kevin Martin in 2010. Yep. So we're just having a conversation, right, and uh, about him taking a leave from the game, whether or not it's a retirement, we don't know. And then he starts telling me about keeping Canadian talent in this country. And, yep. and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I was taken aback. By, by what he was being so candid about, just saying that 
look, after that uh, Olympic experience, I think there was still some sting from from being off the podium. I really do. I think that's a natural reaction. I would react that way too. But uh, he just flat out said that, that enough with these Canadian coaches going and helping the rest of the world get to a different level. Yeah. They're there already. It's time to bring it back to this curling juggernaut that is Canada. People went crazy because here's the thing about Canadians. They love to brag and boast about curling. There's a swagger. International players tell me about it all the time when I talk to them about it. They like to help out. It's, It's almost like the really rich family member yep. who who comes over and how can I help you? What can I, because you know you have a wealth of it. But then all of a sudden, yep. when the money runs out, when the medals run out, yep. then what? Right. People were split. Yep. There were people on both sides. There was an hour long phoning show across the province of Alberta based on it. Like this is crazy. Yeah, unbelievable. But it got so much of it, at least from an outsider's perspective, and you said it, the sting. That was the word that resonated with me when you're talking about it, the sting of not seeing the podium. Of course, John and Caitlin did it in mixed doubles. But that's kind of a, an outlier because brand new. But without Rachel Homan, Kevin Cooey, seeing a single medal brought home in a sport that Canada has owned, to me it was so much about the re- immediate results in the moment of what just happened in Pyeongchang. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. And look, P- officials at Curling Canada were just as stung and stunned. Yeah. And and I had a lot of difficult conversations with a lot of them. And in fact, they continued here this week, if I'm frank and, and yeah. candid with you right now, with yeah. some of the people from there just saying that they're looking at, they've done months and months, here's what they told me, they've done months and months of debrief over what happened. They believe there were things, distractions that they weren't prepared for. I should actually be writing about that conversation, yeah. but... but after finding a debrief, there are things they are going to be doing differently. And if anything, it was probably the worst and best wake-up call for Canadian curling. Whether coaches are going to stick around, I don't know. We look down on the ice right now. There's J.D. Lind, a Canadian coach yep. that has really helped the Japanese Fujisawa team rise to glory. Glenn Howard's on the ice right now. He's with Muir. I could go on and on. We all could. But oh, yeah. guess what? I... Look, grow the game. I think it's great. I think at this level of curling, if you really believe a Canadian coach is what's making the difference, I think you yeah. have issues. Yeah. Howard Restall, Nina Roth's coach, who's here, who's the one U.S. team here this week, Canadian coach. So going back to what you said, we could go on and on. But, we could. And we could go the other route too. But let's take a – I want to talk about another story that you just filed today. Obviously, reaction hasn't started in yet. It will. But I thought it was an incredibly interesting take because in it not so much in terms of a take and opinion but a, a story in something important that you tackled because as we found out not long ago Rachel Holman now she's pregnant will be uh, is due I think June the 14th you got this it. summer yep Alex Carlson who played with Jamie Sinclair she's you know has stepped away long since stepped away the very beginning of the season in Chatham this is the time right four years if you're gonna make another run at the quadrennial this is the <laughs> I hate to even say it like this, baby-making season. Please, nobody, take offense to that. But you know what I'm – this uh, is a female, is a female. And you talked to Joan McCusker. You talked to several other people, players included, about the time in this – families are more important than the game. 
just tell everybody about your story. You can read it online at CBC Sports, but the reaction and talking with the players. Well, I just, you know, you mentioned Rachel Holman, and, and look, the timing of when she's having a baby, June 14th, you couldn't plan it any better. It's a com- couple of months after the curling season. It's a couple of months before the next curling season. Right. And, and you have to believe there was some sort of thought that went into that. And it got me thinking yep. about these elite women. I was on a flight uh, with a bunch of them the other day going to Newfoundland and Labrador. The plane was basically filled with curlers, a lot of moms with a lot of young children. Yep. And so I put all of that together and I thought, what does it mean to be an elite female curler who is on the road so much of the year, away from your children, maybe nursing, maybe pregnant? What does that look like? I have a conversation with Joan McCusker, of course, three-time Canadian national champion, three-time world champion, and Olympic champion with Sandra Schmerler, the late Sandra Schmerler. And what she tells me, and what she tells me is, is that she had the first baby on the team in 1993. She was so guilt-ridden in that first year because she was away from her from her baby, she almost quit the sport. Because at that point, Price, no female elite curler no. was having children. And if they did, you were gone. Right. You were gone. And so how how women in sport have evolved and what it means to be a mom and the baby bump sliding on the ice and having to nurse at the fifth end break and on and on. These are things I think the casual fan would find interesting and don't think about. And so it'll go out tomorrow and we'll see what people make of it. But, um, but I think it's an important piece. Jennifer Jones opened up about it as well. She said, look, I know I'm sacrificing time away from my two daughters. But on the flip side of that, I hope it, it shows them they can go and chase their dreams. Yep. That's what she wants to do is inspire them. A lot of powerful women in this sport. Yep. I hope I captured some of that. You absolutely did. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention and say congratulations because I think we've said congratulations to her. But Eileen Geving, who played for Nina Roth, an Olympian just this past uh, Olympics in Pyeongchang, she just had her baby right before uh, Christmas this year. So congratulations to Eileen and her husband. Obviously not playing Tara Peterson now in the mix, playing with Nina Roth. And that'll segue me just real quickly here. As we are at the Meridian Canadian Open, we have we go from Thunder Bay, seven U.S. teams, Tier 1, Tier 2 event to be fair. Teams did fairly well, only have one here, and that one team is Nina Roth. They go 3-1. and one. They have qualified for the quarterfinals tomorrow, which will be played Saturday. The lone blemish on that resume, I believe, was a loss extra in to Silvernagel, the hometown team from North Battleford, who has played fantastic here, Devin. You know, Price, I don't pay enough attention to this Nina Roth team. I'll be honest about that. Yeah. But but here's what I'll tell you. I had an observation about them when they were practicing on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Nina in the ball cap. I thought it was a good sporting look out here on the ice. But let me tell you, there seemed to be a different level of intensity in the way they were practicing and the way they were going about mm-hmm. their business. I made a note of it, actually. Yeah. Just in my mind, I thought... This team looks like it's on a mission, on a different level. One thought about that. Mm-hmm. I think Nina Roth is feeling the pressure of American curlers coming, and, 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 and everybody is being pushed right now yep. to step up their game. I've talked to a number of high-performance directors about how you push through, break through, get to different levels in curling. Yep. It's when you have 
two or three elite teams in a country or a region right. that are continually pushing each other to get better. I think for the first time you're seeing a little bit of depth in America and it's producing really good results and just raising the level of game. Yeah, absolutely. Now, real quick, touch on Continental Cup. You and I are not going to be there. I'm actually not upset to be missing it. It'll be a great time for curling fans. It'll be a fantastic time in Vegas, the pool patch. It won't, it's going to be a daytime patch. It won't be a full-blown patch. It'll be daytime. They'll move the patch inside. will still be a great time for curling fans, but... You know, it's an exhibition. It's a fun time for the teams to and players to mix it up, do different things. We're both sitting it out, taking a little bit of a break. You've got other things going on, but you've got a lot more going on. You've got Scotty's, Briar coming up, of course, the World Championships. The Men's World Championships will be in Lethbridge this year, not far away. What's the rest of the year like for Devin Haru, especially in the coming weeks and months with curling? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Scotty's, then the Briar, uh, then Worlds. But uh, CBC Sports is also the exclusive broadcaster of Mixed Doubles Nationals. And that happens. Uh, and, and at that, they actually play the collegiate and the university curling championships as, as well. Yep. So that's a bit of a frenzy. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be another winter on the road. I almost wish I was going to Las Vegas because that would be nice, but I'll get back to Toronto just enough time to water my plants if they're not already dead, and then I'll be right back on the road. Yeah, basically I have four days uh, in between every major curling event back in my home for, for like the next three months, um, and I wouldn't want it any other way. See, I'm looking for, now. I'm, as you're talking, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, we've got curling on the horizon, but I'm thinking leap coverage. It's going to be coming with the Leafs having a fantastic season. What that could look like come April and playoff time. And in the Raptors June. and the Raptors, like Toronto, could be lit come playoff time between the Raptors and the Leafs. Ridiculous. What uh, What is it? Jurassic Park right there. What is it that they call Maple, it? Maple Leaf Square Maple. and Jurassic Park. The hilarious thing. Sometimes they play on the same day, so it's like this amalgamation of, of like Leafs fans and Raptors fans, and on one end of the square, yep. they have the hockey, and the other end, they have the basketball, and it's sort of these dueling chants and roars that go yep. back and forth, so that could carry me right into the summer, right to Williamsport. It's, you led me down the path, because Williamsport, Pennsylvania, folks, you covered uh, Dio Gamma and that team from Canada last year that played in Williamsport, Little League World Series. It is an ex that folks is a sporting experience is as pure as it gets. I, I would recommend if you've never gone, if it, you've got a sport bucket list, if Little League World Series is not in the top five, you need a new list. You, oh. you need to rewrite the. list. There's just nothing like that. You will be going back. I would presume again just by simply knocking it out of the park, pun all intended, with your coverage last year. I, I told my bosses I'm quitting if they don't send me back on the assignment. CBC Sports is also the exclusive broadcaster of the Little League World Series in in uh, Canada. Yep. So it's nice that we have these amateur sports, the road to the bigger story, because it allows us to follow them very closely. I'm telling you... Uh, more people want to talk to me lately about the Little League World Series and sliding down that muddy hill than, than anything. I think I still have a cardboard burn on my elbows and mud, and it was a mess. What a blast 
what a what a jewel of an event that is. Lamadi Stadium in the hill, the the the, the positive energy. You don't there are no tickets sold. It is just straight pure raw fun for the kids and for the families, for everybody that is there. But look, Devin, we, I know we'll let you go. We're getting, we've got another draw coming up here tonight. This podcast being recorded on Friday night, my friend. It'll be to you Saturday morning. Yes, I broke a promise saying it would be out earlier this week, but you get in the vacuum up here, Devin. Without uh, the Godfather himself joining us this week, we got you to pinch hit, which I couldn't think of a better pinch hitter as we just taught Little League World Series. But good curling, my friend. I cannot thank you enough for the friendship, the time, just all the things we get to do and experience. And damn it, I wish we got to do more of it together. We will. I have a feeling we will. And uh, good curling to you, Price. This is this has been fun. I'm glad everybody got a little slice of Saskatchewan. I always say all good things go through Saskatchewan. Make sure, and I will tell you, I'm going to take a photo, going to get my rider gear before I leave, a toque, a shirt. I'm going home with Saskatchewan Rough Rider gear that you are a diehard Die Hard Rider fan. We just announced uh, our coaching staff for the 2019 season today. So I'm pumped. A couple of former riders on the on the coaching staff this year. And of course, like you look around the crowd here, you'll see rider gear all over. All we're, over. we're four hours away from where they play. You wouldn't know it in this province because it's a provincial celebration every time they play. You would think it might be 20 miles down the road. You see so much rider gear, all green everywhere. All right, that'll do it here for the Extra Action Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Again, make sure you follow Devin at Devin underscore Haru on Twitter, CBC Sports. Nobody does curling coverage, not just Canadian. Curling coverage worldwide. And I see Sarge with the finger up. We are going to get out of here before the music hits again. Thank you, Devin Haru. I appreciate our guests this week. We will be back. The Godfather himself will be joining me again next week. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody, and good curling. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast.